Uh, what did you guys talk about last week? Who was here? Oh. Everybody. Oh, so Dylan was also here. Yeah, I heard all about that on the recording when I was cutting it this morning. <laughs> yes. So what'd you talk about? You guys are gonna have to be the big brains today because we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff. A lot of big brain stuff. We. That is how that works, yes. <laughs> That's why review is important. Uh, Boy, it, it was like not being selfish. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I don't know if Levi put <clears throat> a title of the series oh, that we're doing. Wait. Um, is that the one about being brave? And, or is that actually. Being um, <clears throat> brave and courageous? I'm yeah. guessing that was on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Levi put a title for the series. I'm going to put Knowledge in the Bible. Oh. That's going to be our title. Or at least the one that I'm going to use. He didn't really give me one. <clears throat> so we're going to go for it. Um, Levi talked about uh, perspective. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it was only last week. All right, he asked you some questions. About the uh, he asked you some questions. One of these questions was, which way is up? Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. It's, it's yeah, only yeah. like. Yeah. But like, if we were in Australia, it would be a different way because we were on the bottom of the earth. Right. He like, probably drew something yeah. that looked a lot like this. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except, except. Um, he probably yeah, points better than I do. Like now, in like now. Yes, when is now? It was. But also, now, like where right is now. here? Here is. When is now? Where yeah, is here? Here, here is now. I'm here, and then Phoebe's there. Yeah, but I'm also here, and I'm there. Yeah. And you're right there, but you're here, and you're. <clears throat> yes, yes, and and how like if you answer the question when is now, you're actually talking about the past. So yeah. now is always in the now past. <sighs> Mind-bending stuff. Uh, so what? Uh, what was the point? Now that we remembered what we were talking the about. The point was perspective. <laughs> uh -huh. Anybody else? It's in Jesus. Wow, we're back to that. <laughs> 25% of the time, this is going to be right. I'm just saying Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so, um, the point is, uh, humans have a tendency to say, uh, well, they say, so-and-so discovered <laughs> this scientific fact in the year whatever, 1672. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but is that true? I'd say it's all about your perspective, right? So they're they're saying we figured this out at this point in time, but it's a very human-centric thought, right? So what what happens when we change the perspective? When did God discover that scientific fact? He didn't. He just knew about it. Uh, yeah. He didn't so, have to discover. So it. we 
all of these things, it's not like we, all of a sudden it became true. It was always true, and we're just kind of understanding he it. He just told them. That, right? Hey, look at this. So that's, that's kind of the setup. And then I, I think he talked about being prideful, right? And saying, you know, it's not all about, you know, humans like to think, oh, we did this and we did that. And, and it's all we're doing is just understanding the world that God set up. Well, he said he's over there because he's better than the restaurant, and that's why we're over here. Like, okay. Yeah. That's all, all good things. All good things. Um, so what we're hoping to do over the next few weeks, this week included, is flip the perspective. Uh, because whatever man has discovered, God set up. All right? He already knew about it. He, he made it. Right? He put the plan together. He knows all of the things. Uh, <coughs> and he left us a bunch of clues about what he did in the Bible. All right? So if we look at the Bible and we can find a ton of information that mankind didn't know about until thousands of years later. Uh, so what's the logical conclusion from that? Things were written in the Bible that we didn't know about years and years and years and years later. Yep. What's the conclusion? What what can we assume or what can we then know about the Bible? It is true. Absolutely. Right? So the Bible must be true. It must be of divine inspiration because there was no way we had the technology or the ability to know these things that we're going to talk about at that at the point the Bible was written, right? So as we go through this series, uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of points of evidence that the Bible is God's word, okay? Because the only way these pieces of info could have been in the Bible is if God was whispering in the author's ear. So we're just going to go through a couple. And you know, over the next few weeks, we're just going to lay out evidence, different things, science, history, prophecy, all of these things that we now know are true. And there was no way we could have known when the Bible was written. All right, turn to Job chapter 26. Job. <clears throat> I don't know who Job is, but Job, he's my man. He's the man. Right before Psalms. Job chapter 26. Who has their Bible thinking cap on, and knows the story of Job. His name is Job. Excellent. He had a job. He knew that his name was Job. Come on. We've, I mean, I think, I mean, you guys are, are new, right? As of, like, September, right? This is your first year in teens. So maybe we haven't talked about Job yet. But I think in the time that I've been teaching, I probably taught Job three times already. <laughs> I've got a table of contents here. I can prove it. <laughs> um, so Job, when does Job live? Like in the biblical timeline. He had a pretty rough go of it. Uh, so Job is a contemporary of Abraham. All right. So he lives right around the same time as Abraham in ancient biblical times. What's up, Phoebe? He lived in the land of us. 
He did, yes. He's an Uzzite. Uzzite. Yep. Um, and so the story is, he's got a whole bunch of children and a big family, and uh, Satan, and he's super righteous. Like, uh, it even calls out and says, the Bible says that Job was perfect. He right? evil. So, uh, Satan goes up to God and says, if I take everything away from Job, he'll curse you. And so he takes uh, God allows Satan to take everything away. He just can't kill him. Right. And he can't touch him. And uh, so that happens. Satan takes everything away. But Job is still righteous. He doesn't curse God. And then Satan comes back to God and says, uh, if you let me take his health and his family, uh, then he'll curse you. So uh, Satan, God allows Satan to kill uh, his entire family, all of his kids, not his wife though, for whatever reason. Uh, and he loses everything. And then he gets stricken with boils and, and he's super sick, but he still doesn't curse God. And then his friends come and try and console him and, and talk to him about what's going on. Uh, and eventually God shows up because those friends give really, really bad advice. And God talks to all of them and says, you guys don't know anything uh, because, you know, were you there when I laid the foundation of the world and all of this? He basically says, you don't know what you're talking about. And then, you know, sets them all straight. And then because Job was righteous through the entire process, he's rewarded with more than what he had before, including a whole new family. That's the story of Job. That's why they didn't kill his wife. Possibly, yeah. The one or two sentences that his wife says are, they don't bode well for her. Uh, she was pretty mean to Job. <laughs> She's like, she basically says, why don't you just die? Oh, oh my <laughs> so I think Satan left her alive because he knew that she was going to help him. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, that's the story of Job. We're going to pick up kind of in the middle where... Uh, his friends are talking to Job. All right. And uh, this verse that we're going to read is where Job is speaking back to his friends. And essentially Job is saying, uh, who are you guys to accuse me of being unrighteous? God is great uh, for all of these reasons. He lists a whole bunch. And uh, because of those, I'm not going to turn away from him. So let's read Job chapter 26, verse 7. Phoebe. Excuse me. Chapter 26, verse 7. Okay. <clears throat> okay. He stretched out the north over the empty place and hanged the, the earth upon nothing. Alright. So, if you hadn't figured it out yet, we're going to talk about science today. That's fine. That's fine. We can get through this together, all right? So what scientific fact do we know about now that uh, is the Bible hinting at right here in this verse? Any guesses other than that one? It's floating. Absolutely, all right? So uh, God is coming right out and telling us that space is a vacuum, all right? Uh, that nothing is holding up the earth. And this comes as a total contradiction to the thought processes of the time. 
you know, at this time they thought that the earth was held up by like a giant or, or some large animal. Like there's, there's depictions of like the earth on top of a turtle's back. Well, don't picture a globe because we don't know that the earth isn't flat yet. It's not flat. I can tell. It's flat. So, so just picture like this land on top of a turtle's uh, shell. That's what that's what people thought at this time. It was the earth. But uh, God was completely right. All right, that's kind of cool. Uh, let's keep going. Turn to Isaiah. chapter 40, verse 22. Next person. Is it he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in? Alright. What are we talking about here? What is God telling us? Grasshoppers of heaven. No, <laughs> that's a, read it again, like to yourself, so that you can get a scope on what, what's being said. All right, think real hard. What is God telling us that we didn't know at this time? No, don't pay attention to the grasshoppers. So grasshoppers are the people. Oh, I thought you were saying about the bug. No, we're not talking about the bug, we're talking about... Uh, you know, essentially, there's we're God is so big and so mighty that we look like we're grasshoppers on the earth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, in that context, think about what God is telling us. He's big. I, this book of Isaiah is written uh, about 300 years before science figured this out. 300 years. Look at the word circle. 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 What is God telling us? Earth is a circle. Oh, Earth is a right. circle. Yeah. <laughs> so why didn't you say something? Yeah, no, I said it before. I said oh. Earth is one. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I missed it. You're the winner. All right. So, <laughs> Earth is a sphere. Lucky we had already said that it was. No, they didn't say it was a sphere. They didn't tell us if it was two-dimensional or three. Right. So the. Uh, Good catch. All right. So the uh, in the original text, I can't remember if it's Hebrew or Aramaic. I believe it's Hebrew. Uh, the translation for the word implies sphere. Oh. Okay. All right. When it when it's translated to English, we lose that. Mm -hmm. But that's that's kind of why like uh, it was a little difficult for the Catholic Church at that point to kind of accept this because you had to have, understand the original Hebrew text. But uh, it's coming out and saying Earth is, Earth is a sphere. Spheric, like a circle, encompassing. All of those synonyms, all right? 
what did they think at this point? Hmm. The general consensus um, from science was that the Earth is flat at this point, and who proved him wrong? God. No, which human? Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah seemed to know. God knew, yeah. absolutely. But uh, in the fourth century BC, who was the Greek guy who was like, I'm oh. there. This is just a side. The Greek guy. <laughs> Aristotle. Oh. That, yes. You guys, you guys know him. Yes. yes. Aristotle, and he was basically like excommunicated and they tried to kill him because... Uh, he it because he was looking at the Bible and he found, it, okay. found something that... You know, and he, he had a whole bunch of hearings and he used the Bible as evidence. This particular verse even. Alright? Uh, we're going back to Job. Yeah, we're going to spend a lot of time in Job. Wait, so do we need to keep... Like, keep a finger in Job. No, in Isaiah. Nope. Job what? Job chapter 38. We're doing a lot of Job. That's why I took the time to ex- re-explain the, the story. Job chapter 38. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do 12 through 14. You may go. Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days, and caused the day's the day spring to know to know that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, that the wicked it might be shaken, that the wicked might be shaken. Oh. It is turned as clay to the seal, and they stand as a garment. All right. What scientific phenomenon are we talking about here? Phenomenon. Phenomenon? Not the same word. <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> no. Thoughts? Guesses? Wild stabs in the dark? So it's pretty clear that we're talking about night and day. Yeah. Right? And then why did I include the thing about spinning? Because the clay thing spins the clay, and the earth is spinning. Oh, winner! winner so winner, this winner. actually has a couple oh. implications, right? So earth rotates on its axis, and this is why. And this is why uh, we have night and day. I thought you were about to say nightmares. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just spinning through the vacuum of space. <laughs> going whatever direction you were already going. <laughs> um, what was the common thought before we knew this? It was flat and you could run off the side of the earth. Well, you, you knew because Aristotle figured it out. Also, we only know I need to because I just 
Have you guys ever heard of the word helocentric? Yeah. No. I've heard of word. What about the geocentric? Word? Yeah. No. What about helio? Heliocentric, yeah. <laughs> if it's science, then I really don't. Your science teacher must be so proud. He, no, he's so boring. He's not even funny. <laughs> I'm going to try and be less boring. Anyhow, so he, what's the difference between heliocentric and geocentric? Yeah. Models of Geometry the solar system. Is what? what? No. Shapes. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, space, not... Yeah, mad. the Earth is round. So what is, is in mad. each model, what's different? Yeah. Geometry is shapes. Right. And the Earth is a circle. <laughs> all, all one and the same. Oh, yeah. But which, which celestial body is at the center of our solar system in a geocentric model? The sun? The Earth. Geo Earth. In a geocentric model. That's what I'm telling you. In a geocentric model, the Earth is the center of the solar system. And we know that is right. wrong. We know that's wrong because of this verse. We also know it's wrong because we figured it out with math and telescopes. <laughs> All right. We have a 365-day year because that's how long it takes us to get around the sun. In the heliocentric model of the solar system, which is correct, the sun is the center. center. Yes. <laughs> Did I just confuse you with my language? Yes. I apologize. We don't talk about the only celestial thing. Yeah. Celestial. The term celestial body can refer to anything out in space. And God is not necessarily out in space. No, he's in heaven. Doing its thing, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so this was a pretty big deal because they thought that the Earth went around, or the Sun went around the Earth, uh, and that gave us night and day. But actually, it's the opposite. The Sun stays still, and the Earth goes around the Sun. That gives us our seasons, and we get night and day because the Earth rotates on its own axis. All right, I'm gonna get into my favorite ones here. But we got one first in Hebrews. Keep your finger in Job. Hebrews chapter 11. We're into the New Testament now. Who wrote Hebrews? He was a Hebrew, yes. Good guess. Hebrews chapter 11. Who wrote Hebrews? He's a pretty well known guy. No, no. His name is typically preceded by the word apostle. Apostle, apostle Paul. 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 Yeah. Okay. Same guy. Yeah. But, I mean, I wouldn't consider Saul an apostle. No, he changed and then he became an apostle. Now. Yes. Yeah. Blind. <laughs> Blinded by the light. All right. Uh, whoever's next, let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Oh, no. All right, I got it. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It's the same exact page that fell out of CDs. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. No, we're done. That's, that was the verse. <laughs> were you paying attention enough? 
for those who don't have the verse to read? Uh, no, that's on the page. Oh, okay. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. God is telling us about a natural phenomenon, something that he set up in our world in this verse. Can you see it? Framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Invisibility? Lyrics? No. Talk about science. The things that God made Gravity. are made of things that are not visible. Atoms. Atoms! Just say science words, eventually you'll get there. <laughs> All right. Uh, awesome. When did when did we figure out about atoms? Do you know? Um, when Adam discovered them. Uh, no. <laughs> Here, watch watch the spelling. All atoms are made up of things. No, I know how. Maybe. No, all things are. Maybe somebody spelled atom, not a d a. All things are made up of atoms. A-T-O-M. Yeah, maybe someone named Adam. Yeah. No. Uh, the, the word Adam actually comes from ancient Greece, uh, where they thought that everything was made up of indivisible particles, and they called them atoms, because it's derived from the Greek word for indivisible. Oh. <laughs> or it's actually from the word cut, like you can't cut it. That marker is made up of an atom. Absolutely. Everything is made up of atoms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> millions and millions and millions. <clears throat> so, uh, but the atoms that we know today actually are divisible. So the, the word it has kind of lost its original meaning, uh, but it kind of stuck around. So atoms, we figured atoms out in the 1800s. So, so Paul knew about atoms 1800 years before we figured it out. All right. Uh, so they're the particle that makes up every molecule of our world, and yet they are so tiny we can't see them. They are the things that are not visible that make up the things that are seen, right? Uh, to put it in perspective, if you took the average length of an atom uh, that makes up a piece of paper, how many atoms do you think would be the thickness of a piece of paper? Yeah, but we don't know. Uh, just take a wild guess. Billions. Millions. Millions? Three thousand? Three thousand? Uh, uh, trillions? Seven. I mean, that's tiny. The thickness of a piece of paper. No, it ends up being about 650,000. I was close. Uh, I said millions. Well, he said 3,000, and it's closest without I going said over. seven. Closest without no. going over. <laughs> <laughs> 650,000 atoms in the thickness of a piece of paper. How many atoms do you think you have? Many more than that. Truly, oh, yeah, yeah. All right, they're that small. Back to Job. He is. Actually, like chronologically, after Genesis we go to Job, or in the middle of Genesis we go. To Job. That's weird. Yeah, I mean the Bible isn't set up chronologically. They actually sell chronological Bibles. Yeah. Yeah, but then what would be the use of all the songs we learned? Genesis 6 to the 
I'm glad you guys know the song. All right, uh, Job chapter th- uh, 38, verse 35. This is God talking to Job about all the awesome things that he does. You skipped? No, I read last. Verse 35. All right. That's the verse. What is God hinting at? What is he telling us? What phenomenon of our world? Can you can you send out lightnings? No. I I I disagree. I think we've figured it out. Oh yeah. No. No. No, we are talking about Electromagnetic radiation. Wow. That's, That's a long word. word. <laughs> <laughs> it's two words. Didn't I tell you guys you had to have your big brains on today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking about atoms and electromagnetic radiation <laughs> and That's heliocentric cool. models of the universe or the, the solar system. And the periodic table. Yeah. We no, I mean, by, by inference, we did. Wait, we actually did? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. What's electromagnetic radiation? Static? No. Uh, magnets? Uh, magnets have something to do with it. Magnets sticking together with their positive and negative sides. <laughs> Opposite subtract? Yep. No. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, magnets help us manipulate electromagnetic radiation or generate it. Oh, uh, like that little black one. We are going to talk about vacuums. Uh, hmm? I don't know. Are you talking about ferrous liquids? I think so. No. Yes. I. Uh, no, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, let's figure out more about what we're talking about. We're actually going to go earlier in this chapter. Uh, Dylan, could you please read Job chapter 38, verse 19? All right. So what is this way of light? Thereof. What is the way of light? Um, the way of light. It's where we dwell in. And the darkness is the place of thereof. What is the way of light? Life. <clears throat> God! Uh, I'll, let, me, let me ask you this question differently. I'll rephrase it to something that we can understand a little bit better. Is light a wave or a particle? A wave. 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 Oh, no. That was a sound wave. What do you say? Huh? What do you say, wave or particle? I said wave. Wave or particle. Wave Wave or particle. Wave or particle. Wave. You're all wrong. It's not. It's both. Oh, so we're right. Yeah, I was right. It's both. Uh, what's the name of the particle? Sun. No. Light. No. Dust. <laughs> Phenomenon. 
Photon, we got a winner over there. Yeah. Oh, like photosynthesis? Uh, uh, similar route. Alright, Photon. Um, so these particles are actually even smaller than atoms. Alright, they're, they're that small. That small. Uh, Alright, science questions. How do we know that light is a particle? Because we can see it. Uh, no, well, no, you can, we can see waves, see, can't you? No. You can't, well, see, like, you can't go to the beach and see a wave? Okay, I can't. <laughs> 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 it's not possible. No, I can't, actually. <laughs> I'm blind. Yeah. And I just said that the particle is so sm it's even smaller than atoms. Yeah. So you can't really see it. We don't have a, a microscope that can see a you photon. You can see the dust in the air when the sunlight That's on that's it. dust. <laughs> <laughs> How do we know? I'll ask another question a different way, all right? Uh, if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? Yes. yes. If a tree falls in space, does it make a sound? No. Whoa. Well, it does make a sound if you're not around. You can't hear it. Well, it, it, it still makes a sound, though. Yeah, but... Because the, the, but air, the, air, the sound wave still propagates fall. through the air whether yeah. you're there to hear it or not. How does... There's nothing for it to fall on. What if there's a tree on the moon and it falls over? But that's not in space. That's in the moon's atmosphere. What if there's a... If a tree falls over in space, does it make a sound? Yeah. The answer is no. What's <laughs> I'm gonna stick to my question. Honestly, I can't think after that. It doesn't make a sound in space, and the answer to the, my question is why? 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 Why does it not make a sound? Why does it make a sound on Earth, but does it make a sound in space? Because there's no gravity. No. Because there's nothing in space. No. Like it said in the verse that we are. There's nothing in space. So a wave requires. Bring it back. Bring it back. A wave requires a medium. It has to propagate through something. Okay. So if there's a vacuum, a wave you can't hear through a vacuum because there's no air in there to to carry the wave through. Right. So if I put you in a vacuum, you couldn't hear anything. I don't want to. You also would die. But you also. But isn't space like? Space is absolutely Yeah, because if, yes. if you don't wear a space suit... You actually want to know... The only like thing that you hear... Explode. The only thing that you hear when you're in a vacuum, like with a breathing mask, is the sound of your heart beating. Because that's the loudest thing. Wow. <laughs> it's very unnerving. And then you're like... Alright, so how do we know that light is a particle? Because it can propagate through a vacuum. Because the, the sun is out there, right? There's a whole bunch of space in between us and the sun. Eight minutes worth. All right? If we're talking about the speed of light. Eight minutes? Yeah. Light that's emitted from the sun takes eight minutes or so to get to here. But so far away. So far away. Yeah, yeah, when we're traveling at the speed of light, it's pretty far. All right? So that's how we know it's a particle. How do we know it's a wave? Because we can't not... You can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> we already talked about how you can see waves. But not sound waves. I mean, you absolutely could. What? 
Yeah. Have you ever like been to the science museum and there's a whole bunch of like sand on a table and then they they there's a speaker underneath it. And the sand will <laughs> align itself with the sound wave. Well, it ends up looking like a whole bunch of concentric circles. Yes. Anyhow, uh, have, you ever, have you guys ever seen a prism? A prism? A prism. Oh, yeah. I've actually done the prism before. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> What's a prism? You shine light through it and... It disperses it. Dispersion. Very good. Dispersion? So it, dispersion. Oh. You know, my, my mouth wasn't responding to my brain. It happens. <laughs> dispersion. So the light, white light goes in and it separates into... Many places. A rainbow. <laughs> right, you've seen this, right? It's a, yeah. it's like a glass pyramid, and you shine, it's shine like. The, it's the Earth. How are rainbows in the sky? Then? It's the, it's the same process, except the the droplets are your prism. The rain droplets are oh, your prism. Oh, the rain is the prism. Yes. Have you ever been to the end of a rainbow? There's a pot of gold. <laughs> There's not actually. There's not actually. You're correct because it creates a circle. There's a myth. It's a myth. <clears throat> Look at the Irish. Anyhow, um, so because light disperses, that's a property of, that specifically waves have. Particles don't disperse. All right? So it, it breaks out into the different colors, which also tells us it has a frequency, right? Because dispersion is relative to frequency. So, and different frequencies of light to us, we see them as different colors, right? Lower frequencies of light, red. Higher frequencies of light, purple, and everything Wait, in between. So that's a high frequency of light. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's how we know. That's how we know that it's both, okay? So this is the way of light, all right? But, so we can use these things to create a lightning and say, here we are. Here we are. On the other side of the world. Yeah, it is. How does your cell phone work? What is Wi-Fi? It goes through the power lines? No. Actually, yes, it's you need, you need then, power. If the power line is out, then I don't go on my Wi-Fi. Yeah, because you need power to generate electromagnetic radiation. Okay. Yep. But Wi-Fi doesn't work because of power. It's just in the air. In the air as a particle. And a wave. It's light. Oh! <laughs> it's light you can't see. Wait, really? Right? Oh. Yes. Wi-Fi is light you can't see. Your cell phone is is transmitting and receiving light that you can't see. Oh, you can't see because it's light. It's it's too high of a frequency. Oh. Right? It it uh, Wi-Fi operates on two point four gigahertz. Gigahertz. Yes. Can All right. Your eyes can't be purple. Um. Your your eyes are. What? I don't, how is that related? No. I don't know. You know in pictures your eyes can be red. That has to do with digital cameras and reflectivity and all of that. But anyhow, uh, your voice vibrates a microphone, right? Which creates an electrical signal because there's a magnet there. All right, that electrical signal has the same frequency as your voice, right? Uh, higher tones are higher or lower frequency? Low. And I'm talking up here, is that high frequency? 
Yes. You're correct. All right. So uh, that electrical signal has a frequency. What your cell phone does is it multiplies that times the frequency of light that it uses to communicate with the towers. All right. So that's called the carrier frequency, and then it transmits that light signal to the tower. The tower routes it to whoever you want to talk to, right? And then the receiving cell phone does the exact same thing, except it divides by that carrier frequency. So what's left? You have an electrical signal on the other side that is exactly the frequency of your voice, and they just play that through a speaker. So they look into your If you're talking, if you're tra uh, like. Uh, broadcasting it oh. over light. So, yes. You're sending out lightnings that say, here we are. Here we are. I mean, 3,000, 4,000 years in the future, God knew that we were going to figure out cell phones and send lightning to say, here we are. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. All right. Here we are. I'm ready. That's how cell phones work. Right? It uses electromagnetic radiation. <laughs> uses electromagnetic radiation to transmit things all around the world. And how it, we use uh, electrical signals in conjunction with light signals, right? But fiber optic cable is still light. It's not actually an electrical signal. And then, you know, sometimes we use satellites all around the earth and they bounce off of each other so you can get all the way around. You just reflect light from one satellite to another. That's how that works. Anyhow, uh, who knew that light had such power? Absolutely. <laughs> right. So the best way to think about science and the Bible is like uh, a lock and a key. All right. God's word is the key and it can help us unlock the mysteries of our world around us. And science is the lock. All right. The more you know about the lock, the more you can know about the key. The more you know about the key, the more you can know about the lock. Right. But having the lock without the key is pretty useless. Because, well, the key knows more, right? And you can determine, you can use the Bible as your litmus test. You can say, okay, is, is this congruent with what God has told us? If it's not, we can be pretty confident that somebody's just making something up. Yeah. Right? So, the best thing is to have both. Right? You need both the lock and key to have a union between the Bible and science in your life. And the world around you will make a union between the Bible and science. <laughs> All right, and the world will make so much more sense. So these are just some of the scientific facts that are in the Bible. Uh, and the Bible knew way before humans figured it out or confirmed, essentially. And so we're going to keep going through this series and look at more facts and uh, prophecy and other things. And it'll all just help us prove without a shadow or without a doubt that uh, God, the Bible is God's holy word. All right. Thank you, guys.